The Ringer's music critic Rob Harvilla curates and explores 60 iconic songs from the 90s that define the decade. Rob is joined by a variety of guests to break it all down as they turn back the clock. Check out 60 Songs That Explain the 90s exclusively on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Great iced tea takes you somewhere else like new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea that we have here at the Spotify Studios and drink quite a bit where unexpectedly blackberry flavor transports you to a very delicious place. So refreshing you may never want to leave. You will eventually have to though, but take your time. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf. That's 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. This episode is brought to you by Vital Farms. No matter how you like your eggs scrambled, over easy, or sunny side up, the people at Vital Farms believe in one thing, keeping it bullshit free. That's why their pasture-raised eggs come from hens who each have over 108 square feet of space to roam and forage all year round. So you can spend less time questioning your food and more time enjoying it. Look for Vital Farms in your grocery store and learn more at vitalfarms.com. Vital Farms, keeping it bullshit free. Welcome to the Dave Chang Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network, presented by Major Domo Media. Thank you, Yola Tango. If you hear uh, some little child yelling at the top of his lungs, that is my child. Um, <laughs> or, or his <laughs> eyes really, are just being picked yeah. on too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yelling. I'm just yelling in the background. What's actually. he doing? What's he up to these days, Dave? Just screaming. What's happening? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now he just is oh learning to scream at top, the top of his lungs. <laughs> uh, what's happening is really funny. He's very inquisitive. He wants to know what's yeah. happening. I think that's a good thing. You should you should foster that kind of curiosity in a child. I mean, he's just vocalizing what's in all of our heads all the time anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is uh, talking quite a bit. Um, I don't know exactly what the mailbag is going to be, but we will get right into it uh, with the Christian experience. <laughs> yeah, there have been a... Uh, Good number of poop stories. You know, we asked for it, Dave. We asked people to submit their their stories of the first time they broke the seal with their significant others. And they have really turned both the Apple iTunes iPod review page and our Ask Dave Gmail account into true confessional booths. Because we're not just getting poo-poo stories. We're also getting a lot of confessions of, uh, how should I say? Shame. Hiding, eating, shame eating. Eating in the shadows, I believe somebody referred to it as. So, oh, God. I'll, I'll pepper some of those in here, but we'll start with some non-poo-poo stories. We'll share a few that I thought were funny. Some of them will get cut out because they're too gross. But uh, here's a food-related one from Catherine Hong, who wrote into AskDave at MajorDomoMedia.com. Dear Dave, I was very interested in hearing you mention Kong Bop the rice made with beans and grains in one of your episodes. We did not eat this growing up, but I distinctly remember one day when I was home from college, my mom showed me the rice cooker full of brownish pebbly rice. She said, oh, we don't eat white rice anymore. None of our friends do. We're old, so we all eat kong bop. Am I saying that right, guys? No. Kong bop. Kong bop. How do you make your kong bop? What kind of rice do you use? Do you soak the different dried beans first, and do you use the mixed setting on the rice cooker also, if you eat this rice and Hugo only eats white rice, how do you have the right rice for everybody at one meal? That's from Catherine Hong. Of minor feelings? 
Um, it's a good question. Again, we rotate out rice cooker stuff with microwaved rice in the any day. So it's a, it's a constant finding that balance. Um, even when I make rice, I, I just, in the spectrum of rice, I'm trying to find like the brackish water state of rice. This perfect, a brown, healthy beanie shit with barley, all kinds of brands and oatmeal and all kinds of stuff with just good old white rice. And it is a rarity where it's all right. White rice. And my family right now, because of Grace's mom, we have two kinds of brown rice, black bean, barley, and oatmeal, some kind of oatmeal in it Mm. and a wild rice in it. And when you add that to the rice, it's what, changes the color of the rice to something that is more purple-ish. So it's not necessarily purple rice. It's just rice that's not really rice. It's a lie. (laughs) (laughs) And do you soak the grain parts separately from the rice? Does that help at all? No, 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 no. No, because most fancy rice cookers have a setting where it's a mixed rice setting. And that's what you put it in. So it's usually like 20 minutes longer in a pressure cooker situation. And it does cook, you know, normal in a, in a normal rice cooker. But um, I never cook this rice on a stovetop because it'll be uneven. I think this is a kind of rice that needs to be cooked in a pressurized rice cooker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And nobody knows. I, I feel like whatever I just said, unless you're part of a Korean household, you're not going to understand what the fuck we're talking about. I don't know of any other Asian culture that puts non-rice grains in their rice. Is that it true? It doesn't make any sense. Chris, you're Chinese. Is that true? Like, do you? I did am. You, <laughs> uh, uh, we don't do that shit, man. You don't do Some, that? You just uh, have plain, pure rice? My shit was always awesome. Sometimes I would open the rice cooker and my parents would have thrown like six links of Chinese sausage in there just Ooh. to flavor the rice. Sometimes there would be like a a whole like pie tin on top of the rice that they had like steamed like a pork meatloaf on. Like oh. we're not putting any shit in our rice. We're putting <laughs> fatty meat on top of it. Uh, I do think it's a uniquely, I mean, maybe it's not uniquely Korean. I've lived, but, like, I've lived in Japan. I've never seen, if anything, they might put like pickles or something, but I've never seen it in Japan in my life. And I don't know in Thailand. I, I don't know about Southeast Asia. I don't expect it to be true. It should not be true. We should limit this this terribleness <laughs> to Korea. <laughs> I had never thought spread. about this as an unusual occurrence because I just I kind of grew up with. I assumed people put stuff in their rice. That's not rice. No, like I, that's just no. not a thing outside of Korea. Wow. Okay. This I'm learning yeah, new things. It's called it's called biryani. Yeah. And it's delicious. Yeah, it's wonderful. It's yeah. really wonderful. Yeah, right. Yeah. But biryani improves your rice. Um, no, I mean, people need to know this. When I was in the Momo lab a lot uh, back in the day, just fucking around, testing th- stuff out, we were making a lot of rice wine. And that's when I told myself, oh, rice is not healthy for you whatsoever. No, no. <laughs> it is really not. Um, it's quite simple to turn the starch into sugar with some yeast. It's shocking how much sweetness you can get into rice wine. So I listen, this is someone that failed in chemistry and biology and all these things. And it took me to actually see the physical experiment to know that starch turns into sugar. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> basically. And mm-hmm. rice syrup, you know where they comes from? Rice. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, and uh, rice is basically just sugar. And when my dad had like type 2 diabetes, I think that's when my mom had to shift everything to like minority rice, you know. <laughs> minority rice. Hey, put on your um, put on your cultural food anthropologist hat for a second, Dave, and answer me this: Do you think that the other alternative grains in your rice thing is purely a health thing, or is there part of it that you think is economical, where it's like you throw in whatever grains you have into mixed rice? You think that's part of it at all? I think it might have a lot more to do with that. You know, it's like how people used to cook chicory as coffee when they didn't mm-hmm. have coffee. Mm. And I don't think that there's been an Asian country the last couple thousand years that have has, that's been dominated by other Asian countries as much. Yeah. Um, Most of the answers to the questions regarding Korean food is poverty. Yeah. Like why is Korean food like this? They were poor. Yeah. Well, there you have it, Catherine Hong. Dave does use the mix setting. He does not soak, and he is not happy about a single fucking second. Oh, you, of it. you know why I'm not going to give any instructions? Because it sucks. I don't want to talk about it. It's like, <laughs> how do you get a? How do you get? A, you're just asking me like, uh, how do you uh, give people Charlie horses? You know, uh, I, yeah. I don't want to. There's no point in telling people pain. You know, there's total. <laughs> there's a no joy to have your rice go from beautiful kernels of white sticky short grain rice into you know it's like a health food store that threw up it was you know it's disgusting i hate it i hate that i have to eat this rice which is actually one reason why i've decided to just ban rice <laughs> out of my life altogether oh my god you know i choose not to eat it i'd rather not yeah. eat it than You'd rather save it be a cessationist than a purist if you can't oh, be a purist how, uh, maga people feel about our country yeah <laughs> this is this is white rice <laughs> supremacy uh, is, no. matt forstoff says, love the show. Taking my dad and brother to Vegas for the first time in September. Outside of your restaurants, what are some other musts for us to try? Where do I begin? begin? Um, If you go to the Venetian, we have Major Dome Meat and Fish, and next to it is Mott 32. Mm -hmm. They have very good Peking duck, and they have a it is a Cantonese restaurant, but I love Cantonese versions of Chinese cuisine. It's like a when an Italian restaurant makes like French food, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like the equivalent. That's how big China is. And they have a classic Sichuan, green Sichuan peppercorn soup. What is the name of that soup, Chris? Suizuyi, uh, like a water-cooked fish, basically. Yeah. And uh, one of my favorite dishes, I know it's one of Chris Yang's favorite dishes, and... What is served at Mod 32 is nothing remotely close to the, <laughs> the authentic <laughs> version of it. But my God, is it delicious. It's so fucking good. I, would, I don't oh know what God. the fuck it is. It's like, it almost tastes like an accident. Yeah, I, it's hard to describe. It's exactly what you're talking about, though, because it's Sichuan food in the hands of a Cantonese chef. And uh, it's different, but oh my God, it's so good. And water-cooked fish is like maybe the most boring possible name for a dish in the world. But it's just like... A super, super fragrant, extremely pungent broth that this, and with like a, a hot chili oil slick on the top of the surface with pickles and fish and is it noodles, right, Dave? There, there's like vermicelli noodles in that one, right? It's yeah. so fucking good. Clear noodles. Um, where should you go? I mean, the Cosmo, Caesar's Palace has a really good buffet. Cosmo's got a good buffet. Bellagio Noodle House is really good. I'd also say in the Venetian, if they have their Chinese restaurant open on the Venetian sand side, um, 
They have a really good rice cake noodle dish. Uh, listen, I could talk for about, for about an hour about where to eat. I think eating in Las Vegas is tremendous. Eating off the strip is great. Raku is just a fun place. Um, Oysters. Yeah. Palace Station has the oyster, uh, pan oyster roast, which you have to go at eight or nine in the morning if you don't want to wait for two to three hours. And it's it's genuinely a tremendous, delicious, one of my favorite things to eat. Getting the pan roast combo, spicy, like number seven with a half and half lemonade Arnold Palmer type thing. Um, every casino has got just a really great spot. Uh, if you like to gamble and you, you, even if you don't like to gamble, but you might be friends with someone that is a, a, a gambler and they have access to a lot of the high limit rooms, some of the best meals are in the high limit rooms where they have kanji and some kind of other dish, but you will be thrown out immediately <laughs> if you don't find a way to gamble or friends with somebody <laughs> that gambles. Uh, and a lot of the Chinese food in those spots are delicious. Um, I really like number nine in Caesars. They have really good black pepper crab. I mean, listen, uh, Lotus of Siam is really goddamn delicious. I think they just opened up another spot. That's off the strip. Las Vegas really is one of the best eating spots in all of America. And uh, whether you want pizza, like the pizza spot at the Cosmos, really good. Uh, yeah, it's secret pizza. But guess what? It's the best slice of pizza in Las Vegas. Um, we just opened a bong bar. Yeah, that's my restaurant. But you should check it out. It oh is really God. good. So I'm good. So, I'm so happy um, that it's like that. It's not even anywhere near me, but it's closer than New York now. I'm so happy. <laughs> Pong Bar is like slightly more within reach. Holy um, shit. I can't remember uh, near the sports book place. Um, oh my God. I can't remember a place where you get the oxtail soup uh, in one of the older casinos. Almost every casino in Las Vegas has one or two gems. And that's part of the fun. Go explore. Go check it out. I tend to stay away from the super, super, super high-end spots because that's just not for me when I go there. But those kinds of restaurants are fantastic. You should visit all of them, whatever fancies your boat. Las Vegas really has it. And it's become a great place for people to work in the industry uh, to make a lot of cash, no state taxes, all of these things. So I love eating Las Vegas. Right now, I'm trying to think if I had to go to Las Vegas, where would I go? I'd definitely go to Palace Station in the morning. You know what's another good thing? If you're staying at the casino, like every casino has tremendous chicken fingers and french fries. <laughs> I don't know what the brand is. Doesn't matter. It tastes very good to me. I probably get some dumplings at, at number nine, Noodle House. Um, is that the one? Is that the one in Caesars? Which was that one? Yeah, the one in Caesars. I remember years um, ago when you were spending sort of more time in Vegas on a regular basis working, I, I emailed you because I was going to go and ask for your, <laughs> your plan. And you gave me just like, it was like fucking Mission Impossible, how we're going to break in and out. It was like, by the minute, it was like, don't bother with anything else. Just get breakfast, room service. <laughs> the Cosmo's fine. When you need noodles, <laughs> number nine Caesars is the only place that you'll be able to get it fast enough to suit your craving. <laughs> it was just like you had it down yeah, to the but Bellagio, It was insane. Bellagio's got really great noodle house there. Um, wind food is tremendous. Like if you want high-end dim sum, uh, their dim sum place, I can't remember the name, is very, very good. Carbone, if you want to blow it out, is good. All the steakhouses are tremendous. I know it's cliche over the years to have a dining experience in Las Vegas, but honestly, it's easily one of the best places to eat. So you, it's hard to go wrong. Uh, you guys want to hear some Love Crapshilly stories? <laughs> sure. Sure. 
All right. Uh, Catherine writes in, Jesus Christ. Dear Dave, Chris, Isaac, it was my first time spending the night at this particular guy's house and things had gone extremely well. Mm. The next morning, I was in the spare bathroom. I didn't want to use his bathroom for obvious reasons. And when I finished up, I realized there was no vent for the smell. There was, however, a small window over the sink. Sweet, I thought. I won't even need to draw attention by turning on a noisy vent. So I opened the little window and immediately the burglar alarm started blaring. I slammed the window shut, thinking that might stop the noise. I'd never heard a burglar alarm, so I had no idea how these things worked. Uh, The alarm continued to blare. I ran from the bathroom, half-dressed, yelling, Sorry, I think I set the alarm off, hoping that might distract from the poop smell. He disarmed the security system and asked, Why did you open the window? I replied, Because there wasn't a vent. We've been married for nine years next week, and now all our bathrooms have vents. As for... As for farting, he farts openly in front of me. After all these years, I still attempt a one-cheek sneak every time, but I don't think I'm fooling him anymore. Thanks for the show and also for Recipe Club. You all have been my constant companions throughout the lockdown and I'm truly grateful for all you do. That was the tamest of the stories, guys. That's Catherine amazing. set that off a burglar alarm with her poo smell and it was embarrassing. Man, uh, listen, there's all kinds of issues. The issues of, of bathroom protocol when you're at a friend's house and they don't have toilet paper. Uh, when you're at a restaurant and they don't have toilet paper, when it is properly stocked and all of these things, but you might leave a a, a trail of scent. And what do you do? <laughs> and there's no matches or anything. And even if you do light a match, you're letting everybody know. It's like, oh, you know, or you spray the potpourri, whatever thing they have. It's like, that sometimes is even worse. Okay, you've eliminated a smell, but you're like, wow, it was so fucking bad in here mm, that I, right. I took a huge dump and yeah. I had to hide the smell. And you're like, wow, these flowers really smell like shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, like I've seen, I've seen a move when my buddy came out of the bathroom. I was like, where, what is the scent? <laughs> I had to ask him, I was like, it doesn't smell. Obviously you took a poo. I mean, you could talk about these things with your friends, and I'm like, but it's it's gone. It's like there's a. It's like he was like a criminal. He covered his tracks so well mm. with nothing. I was like, what happened? He took the soap and he just washed his hands all <laughs> over, over the, the bathroom air to disperse yeah. the air aroma molecules. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So there's all kinds of. Things. That's a pro the, move. The motion you're doing, he put his he put soap in his hands and he was lathering them all around the air. In essence, he was washing the air. <laughs> Yeah, it was yeah. all around the bathroom. <laughs> and I'll incredible. tell you what, that was such a smart move. Like, ah, oh, I've pulled that move since. <laughs> okay, okay, enough poop talk. Sorry. All right. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Jacob Wagner writes, Hi guys, I wondered about your preference for cutting boards at home, wood type, edge, end grain, oiling frequency, etc. 
much like what you've said around knives, what is overkill versus utility an average home user will take advantage of? Uh, mostly I'm thinking about the frequency I need to get my water stones out. Thanks, Jacob. Um, to sharpen your knives? I don't know. We'll talk about that another day. But in terms of cutting boards, I like big, heavy wooden blocks. And uh, I, once in a blue moon, will oil them up. And I would say in my 20 years cooking, or I've already blown through one cutting board, one booze block destroyed because I just forgot to oil it. Um, Is there a special oil? Is there a special yeah, yeah, oil yeah, yeah. for cutting boards? You just need to constantly like lube it up so it doesn't warp. Okay. And right now I have, um, where did I get this? Oh, I have a, a target cutting board, a, a wooden target cutting board. And I bought something off of Amazon that's just a green rubber cutting board that mm-hmm. I use as my base because I hate putting towels underneath my cutting board. So I bought a rubber cutting board to use oh, as my smart. base for the wooden cutting board that has little rubber things underneath it so I don't, it doesn't have to move around. Nice. Uh, I saw that wooden cutting board that you blew out. You, you you had it at that kitchen where you and Priya were shooting your cookbook, right? Where it was completely mm-hmm. warped and the, the thing was split. Can I pull a, uh, we wait here for 10 seconds while I sure. produce a, a Jerry Springer moment for you? Hold on a second. Mm-hmm. You know, and could I, uh, I could have fixed this this cutting board, but I just looked at it. It's just the time and effort to fix this wooden cutting board was just too much. Not worth it. Not worth Not it. Not worth it. So I gave it back to Mother Nature. I understand this is an audio medium. Yeah, okay. But I was I went to the house where Dave and Priya were working on this cookbook, and, and Dave had uh, this cutting board that had seen many, many years of use was in bad shape. It was split right down the middle. But I took it home, Dave. Wow. <laughs> and I... Uh, oh. I, I reassembled it. your cutting board. Wow. How did you do that? Uh, my, my father and I, my father-in-law and I had to, cause this is like one of these booze blocks that's like assembled from a hundred little individual mosaic squares. We had to cut it all the way across where it had warped and then so he straight lined smaller. It. It's, it's, it's smaller like, now. It's about a quarter of an inch smaller. Cause he, we straight lined where it had warped and then got some like food grade wood glue, vice the whole thing together. And then I oiled it a bunch of times. So I, I, wow. I saved it. Mm. Look at that thing. Amazing. I'm so happy. I thought, I thought you'd be happy about that. Do you use it or is it just memorabilia? No, I just, I don't, it's not Dave Chang memorabilia. It's like, it's a... <laughs> no, it's just like a little token. It's a really life. good, it's a really good cutting board. And I just was just, because also I had to bring all the shit back home from the photo shoot. And I was like, no, I'm you not. had so much shit. <laughs> you had so much stuff. And this was like going to be a casualty after years. But I was like, maybe we can save that thing. I, I, I'm not good at a lot of things. And you know what I'm definitely not going to be good at? Woodworking. Just ask my shop teacher in seventh grade. <laughs> Chang! <laughs> cut your finger off! Oh, my God. Um, so, yeah. Save, save the cutting board. I'm a big fan of this. The, the heavy wood ones, they are. They are pricey. But that, that hack with, that you just described with the rubber cutting board but underneath. That's the thing. is like, I don't give a shit. Like, <laughs> just give me whatever that works. And honestly, Grayson want to get rid of that cutting board. For forever because it's just too heavy for her. Yeah. So as nice as it was, it just proved to be completely useless for us. It's just it is a it is a very heavy cutting board. While it looks good, it's not functional in our household. 
Mm. Yeah, it just sits mm. it sits in one place for us. Um, ne- next, <laughs> uh, Carrie Bachman is one of many people who wrote in about this. I saw a lot of comments about this in social media. Carrie says, I couldn't have been the only one yelling at my radio listening to the Dave Chang show where you and Chris were trying not to have the microwave tell on you. Check the options or settings on your microwave. Even my 10-year-old Kenmore has an option for sound off, which I use and I live alone. As we used to say in telecom, read the fucking manual. Love, love, love listening to you guys interact. I guess there's a fucking mute option already on our microwaves, Dave. Yes. People have been pointing this out to us. I've seen a million of these tags. Sorry to interrupt, but... I've seen a million of these people tagging us being like, yo, you can just turn the sound off. You, I know you can turn the sound off, but you want the sound on for most of the usage during the day. It's only at night you want the sound off. So it just yeah. needs like a little mute function for this run of the microwave. Yeah. I want it to be silent. That's what we're looking for. That's it. Come on, That's guys. We're is. not dumb. <laughs> we're just shameful. <laughs> just full and full of shame. That's it. That's exactly right. Uh, Kelsey Dahl says, Hey Dave, I have a baby who has recently started eating solid foods from what you've said on previous dad's episodes. I know you understand the struggle to season or flavor your food without being able to use too much salt. I was just telling my husband today that I've found a new hack to make any bland food that I make for our baby more appealing. Toasted sesame oil, a couple drops on steamed vegetables, plain noodles, Mm. fried rice, or really anything gives so much flavor. I just saw that mobile food has a toasted sesame oil coming soon. So I thought I'd share Love the show and really appreciate what you guys are doing. Uh, toasted sesame oil, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the next thing. It's going to be the next thing. And not only is it not going to... Uh, sesame oil in general, I would bet... I am betting. Not literally. Bet, I am betting. <laughs> literally betting. You're, you've already in, bet. In the next 10 years, it's going to be more prevalent. If coconut oil became this thing with false fucking lies that it's superfood... <laughs> Sesame oil, I know, as a cooking oil, is tremendous. It's just very, very expensive. And I feel if more people use it, we'll be able to make it a lot more affordable. Uh, It's the oil of choice and rice bran oil as well for tempura. And cooking with sesame oil is amazing. And it's extremely high burning point for it. But toasted sesame oil is a very strong thing. And everyone's like, oh, you can't use too much of it. I was like, I disagree. I think sesame oil, what makes it strong is the toasting point. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if you have a more mild toasted sesame oil, you can use a lot more of it and it flavors and you can use it in a variety of ways. So it's just going to change. And I think you're going to have different regions of sesame oil, different pressings, cold press, blah, blah, blah. I think we're at the beginning of a, a global understanding of sesame oil. So um, that's what I think. Can we do a, like a junior pre-opening diary? And can I ask, you know, when Momo's making their toasted sesame oil, what are you shooting for? What are you aiming for? What's what's the uh, platonic ideal of a toasted <laughs> sesame oil to you? I think we want it to be clean, to taste mm. clean without that over nutty, that flavor that's so associated with toasted sesame oil where it's just sometimes too much. Mm. And... Another thing to be able to say, like, people don't know where it is or how old it is, all of these things. So I just think in general, we're just going to start to add layers for um, specificity that did not exist in the, that does not exist in the sesame oil market today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Isaac, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sesame oil 
I mean, it's one of my favorite things in the universe, in the space-time continuum. But it's pretty limited in terms of what you can get here in the United States, uh, unless you're really looking for a special kind. And sesame oil is not just Asian. Like, it's used a lot in African cuisine as well, and all sorts of cuisines. So it's a very, very useful tool to have in your kitchen. I certainly... It's also like a kind of a hack. You can like just cook rice, put some soy sauce and sesame oil in it, and I'd like call it a day, like <laughs> some furikake. Like that's it. It, it. That that could be a meal on itself. A rice, soy sauce, sesame oil, and furikake, and that's your lunch or whatever. You can do that. It's so flavorful that it, it, you don't really need much else on top of it. Yeah, so agree with everything. Sesame oil is amazing. But sesame oil on, on rice is a very Korean thing. Um, it's so good. I hope that it takes off. Um, Do you, I mean, does Hugo also like sesame oil? Is he? Does he? Uh, in fact, I put some it? on. In fact, I put some on his fried rice today, even though I added a little cheese to it, just because it's it's so good. He loves it. So it's also Grace. Grace loves eating uh, rice with sesame oil, and I think her her family uses a lot more sesame oil than my mother did. My, my mom makes a ton of food with sesame oil. So in general, that flavor and ingredient is crucial to how we make food. I mean, Yang. Again, to remind everybody, you're not Korean. You're Chinese. Um, <laughs> how often outed. do you guys use sesame oil? I think that it's... Uh, we used it when I was growing up every day as part of like my parents' kind of generic stir-fry sauce mix. Mm-hmm. It would be the oyster sauce, sesame oil, soy, cornstarch, a little sugar, <laughs> accent, I mean, aka MSG for white people. Uh, I mean that should tell you that should tell you everything about MSG. <laughs> it literally is MSG, just in a package that says it's accent. Yeah, and my my, my <laughs> thing is like it's so crazy. it's so tricky, man. Because I remember one day my dad literally said, "I don't understand why all these people are accusing Chinese food of having all this MSG. I cook Chinese food. I don't put any MSG in my food." And <laughs> my mom was like, "What do you think accent is? <laughs> like it's just like flavor powder." <laughs> Uh, but we didn't, I guess like in, in Chinese food, we eat it less in the way you guys are talking about, which is sort of like as a predominant flavor or dressing or, or sauce on top of stuff. But it's, it plays a role. I love toasted sesame oil. It's fucking best. But again, I, I think it's not going to be just toasted. It's going to be all steps of sesame oil going all the way to toasted. Mm. That's what I think. Oh, gradations of, of toastiness. Yes, That's really yes, interesting. Yes. Uh, Brianna Beck wants to know. Are ice cream sandwiches overrated or underrated? What is the best combination of cookie type and ice cream type? I mean, who, Brianna, why would you even ask such a thing? That is uh, that's crazy. That is so crazy. I don't even understand why it would ever be overrated. It is completely underrated. Anything from your 7-Eleven bodega, any version of it. Uh, yeah, I've even seen a ice cream sandwich with like Skittles in it. That's delicious. Um <laughs> Wait, with Skittles in it? <laughs> Skittles in the cookie. But like the chip witch things you can get are delicious. Um, even the cool house things are delicious. Even ice cream sandwiches that are like um, with the brown crackerly type thing that looks like uh, the original ice cream sandwich that is not necessarily what you think. Like the all sandwich. Where do I begin? <laughs> Korean ice cream sandwiches are delicious. The one that's shaped in a fish. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that's delicious. So good. Uh, what's not to like about ice cream sandwiches? I have ice cream and it's portable. 
I mean, <laughs> you know what? What's weird? What's weird to me is to eat ice cream in a cone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can get it, but by the time you get to the cone, but there you have some like melted ice cream in it, and like, how are you supposed to eat the cone and the ice cream together? This again is yeah. a beautiful idea of like, oh, I'm eating the cone while I eat the ice cream. It makes mm. so much more sense. Mm. It's like. You know, just imagine this. Like, you don't eat a spoonful of peanut butter and jelly sandwich and then bite the bread. Right, right, <laughs> right. Brilliant. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It doesn't make any fucking sense to me. The, the ice cream cone is just straight up, like, not dumb. I obviously eat it, but it's because there's no other option. If I had a choice to have it enclosed in some kind of well, yeah, carb wrapping, I'm in. And if that carb wrapping is a goddamn cookie, fuck yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I remember when I was a kid, I used to like go through a whole process when I had an ice cream cone of using my tongue to shove the ice cream down into the cone <laughs> to fill the cone so like I could do exactly what we're talking about, eat them at the same time. The only cone that makes sense is a drumstick. Filled with the chocolate. The only cone that makes it because it is genius. Whoever came up with that is a fucking goddamn genius right up there with the Wright brothers. Plug that goddamn <laughs> hole with chocolate. <laughs> Oh, that old chocolate. And if you eat it fast, they stuff the cone with ice cream. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to wait for it to melt. And that's the best part. The cone yeah. wrapping the ice cream. What a surprise. Mm-hmm. So, no, I think it's underrated. It, what's overrated is the ice cream cone. Bye-bye, ice cream cones. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about the, the ice cream that's served in a cup? But the cone is put on top of it so you can eat the ice cream with the cone at the same time. I don't know because I've never ordered it. You've never ordered yeah, it that way? Because I, I, I look at that and I'm like, no. <laughs> Rather have a sandwich. Rather you have a sandwich. Crumble that, no, crumble that cone like, right up. Crumble that stuff. Put it on as a topping. What am I supposed to do with a fucking mm-hmm. cone? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I nibble agree. on, you know. I agree. You know, make it, make it, a, no. make it a, like a little, little crunchy little bits. When I when I put gasoline in my car, I don't put it in a gallon bucket into my car. I put it directly in my car. <laughs> and that's basically what's happening when you get an ice cream cone in a cup. It's like, wait a second. Yeah, yeah. There's this gas station that just sells me gas in buckets. Yeah. What okay. a waste of a cup. Come on. Yeah. What oh, the fuck? Wow. What the fuck? Uh, I got a lot of love for It's It. Do you got an It's It? That's a San Francisco treat. That's Mm-mm. a delightful... Uh, line of a hundred year old line of ice cream sandwiches. I here's the only thing I it's disagree. It? It's it. What it's it spelled like 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 a, it apostrophe s like it is hyphen it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, the, it's the best mm-hmm. name uh, and the best ice cream sandwiches. Here's what I here's my one thing though. I think that the best ice cream sandwich is like just like you said in the beginning the the convenience store so with a dark thin cookie i don't even know is there like a name for it? it's not a klondike bar but it's like the original i think they get a little less desirable when you go to like a fancy ice cream store and they've made their like here's our brown butter cookie with no. whatever ice cream and the cookie's too hard mm-hmm. and the ice cream is too hard and it's not their core competency no 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 no, no, no chris exactly I, i'm glad you bring that up i'm not saying you can but it's like making like uh like a ketchup from scratch don't, don't make ketchup that. from mm-hmm. scratch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> fucking please. I don't, I don't fucking want that. It's like <laughs> my homemade Coca-Cola 
No, I know that's going to taste terrible. <laughs> I don't want, I do not want to drink homemade Coca-Cola. Yeah. I just don't. That's going to taste terrible. Leave it to the terrible. pros. Leave it to the fucking pros. Yeah. Come on. You want it to be factory made. You want it to, you want it to know that it came from a machine and from generally the machine of capitalism at large as well. And I also think like flavor wise, like there's a, there's actually a little bit of a limit to how, how far you want to go in flavors. Like I actually don't want, I don't want strawberry ice cream in my fucking ice cream sandwich, for instance, but I like strawberry ice cream. But strawberry Claire popsicle is so good. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Oh, good Lord. Goodness Ooh. gracious. Good humor. <laughs> Shor- strawberry short cream. Oh, man. Shortcake. Yeah. Whatever the crumble is around that goddamn thing is. Uh, Whatever man. it is, man. It might just be Ooh, like man. deep fried packing peanuts, but it is You know what's weird? Delicious. All the West Coast people, you don't even know what Carvel is. What's we this? have some car. We have to go like way out of our way to get Carvel. Yeah, but you guys go- don't know. No, no, you don't know Fudgy, Fudgy the Whale. Fudgy you don't the have a relationship. I know, I'll, I'll, me and Fudgy the Whale, man. Come on. But um, you may be intimate. the exception to the rule, but a lot of people are like, <laughs> what's the big deal with Carvel? It's like, fuck you. What's the big deal with Carvel? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that is, to be honest. Oh, uh, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, when, when Christina Tosi made her like cake crumbles I, mm-hmm. I just sort of fell in love with it because it reminded me of the Carvel cake crumbly chocolate ball type of things because whatever their ice cream is rolled in is heaven. It's heaven. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Carvel, again, it's shit. It's not good ice cream. It's not very good anything. That's the but point. That's the point. Yeah. Because I'm sure all these food people are listening like, yeah, it's, 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 got, it's too much ice crystals and the, the bricks is too high. And the, <laughs> <laughs> Who are these people? There's, there's all these, who talks uh, like that? <laughs> I'd like to meet someone who actually speaks like that. <laughs> and, they, and, they, and they use shitty chocolate. <laughs> this is just the voice Dave hears in his head when he reads online comments. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Oh my god! Okay, uh, it's not it's not whipped cream made from a virgin cow. <laughs> <laughs> no, leave it. To I'm the making way. a single origin Carvel no. ice cream cake. Once again, leave it to the fucking professionals. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with twenty five thousand miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Double starch. An Apple iTunes iPod user, an owner Mm. of an iPod Nano, Mm. left us five stars and says... Hello, I agree that brunch is bad and we should eat more dim sum. What about avocado toast? I say it's mega overrated because you can get bread for six bucks and a whole avocado for two bucks, and it's just green mush on bread that they charge $15 for when one slice of bread and half who avocado. This, who is this person? What's his name? <laughs> Remind. Just their username is Double, double Starch. starch. All, all across the board. <laughs> 
the best comment, the best title name of all. This is Hall of Fame. I feel like we've done our, we've done our work, guys. A Hall of Fame five star review. <laughs> we've got fucking. Wow. I mean, this, uh, double, double starch, starch is, is a. Is I mean, a, honestly, this whole single star shit. I'm just gonna say it's fucking. It's, Straight up fucking racist. <laughs> single start shit. You would want single ply toilet paper, would you? Nobody in Asia agrees with, or even Africa, right? <laughs> agrees with this no double starch. The rest of the world, we only eat double starch. Only <laughs> <laughs> Europe and America came up with this rule like you got to eat single starch meals. Like, what the fuck kind of rule is that? Some fucking anti starch lobby. It's bullshit. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So, first of all, that name is amazing. I love you. <laughs> and I'm not saying avocado toast is not delicious. I I, I like it as a, a change up. It can be very good, especially if you're in Australia mm. um, or places that have delicious avocados. And yeah, you know, my family makes them. We make them. I don't. I don't know if I've ever bought one outside of a say like Bills in Australia in Sydney. Like. Mm, have I ever gone? Have you guys? Do you guys order avocado toast? I, if anything, I make it at uh, home. No, I just make it's it at home. home. Butter, Vegemite, home only. avocado. You put you butter, put Vegemite, your, <laughs> what, yeah. and you put butter on there. Yeah, butter what and Vegemite you, toast. What are you, Crocodile Dundee? Like, <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is going oh, on here, <laughs> Isaac? I've never seen that in Australia. Well, you put, I know did, it's going to. I think it'd be delicious. I think Marmite is delicious with butter. Yeah, I, I eat Marmite all the time. But I don't put avocado with, with on avocado? it. With avocado? No, I, no I've seen way, it. Dude. I've seen it done before, and I've eaten it with before. Who? Do you put barbecue like Australian restaurant in New York? What? What? Yeah. Some people in do Aus- this. Did you say an Australian restaurant in New York that yeah. you went to? Some people do a lot of things. People, some people do a lot of things. I think they were just trying to sell <laughs> the extra Aussiness of it. Like we put Vegemite and avocado. <laughs> and, here, and here's a koala fur plate yeah, that we put this exactly. on. Yeah, exactly. Mar, Mar, Marmite is, listen, we don't have to get into this. Uh, it's like the Jollof Wars. Well, you don't even have to get into the Marmite versus Vegemite because you know what? Here's, here's the thing. I've lived in both countries before. I can't tell which same one's thing. which. Same thing. There's no difference. There's no difference. It tastes exactly the same. Yeah. Heard. I mean, people will swear by it, but I really love Vegemite on toast with butter. I think avocado toast is great. I just have a hard time paying for it. We do make it. Hugo likes it a lot. This is my big problem with avocado toast. My only real problem, this goes to a larger problem in general. I am a person that would rather eat one slice of bread at dinner or lunch with an incredible slathering of butter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, I will not only eat one of those, I will eat like many of those <laughs> with an incredible slathering of butter. Yeah. <laughs> Because like what I tell people is like, instead of eating six pieces of bread, just have one with a lot of butter. Me, internal mind, Dave, is you can have six slices of bread with a lot of butter. <laughs> Quantity <laughs> and quality. Yeah. Um, I love butter. The fat content for avocado is effectively the same. The same <laughs> like as butter. Gram for gram is butter. Yeah. And people slather the shit on their toast with, with avocado. It's green, man. It's healthy. But <laughs> if they just put that on, uh, if they put the same amount of avocado on their toast, I think they're going to be much happier. Mm. Mm. That's my that's my two cents. Is everybody should put more butter on their toast? Just you, you need to, you have to. Yeah. But people, I, I you know that move like they uh, you see it, and this is now how I judge 
people. I'm trying to reduce the circle of people in my life. <laughs> I, I am. The older I get, it's just like, yeah. can't wait for curmudgeondom. It's, it's, this is going to be one of the, the crucible for, for my friendship with you. If we're eating toast in any form and I see you barely put butter on and you're not, you don't have a dairy allergy or anything. You're just like, have no allergies whatsoever, dietary restrictions. And you're just like, whisk those, just the wisp of butter. I can't, I can't, mm. you can't mm. be in my life. <laughs> you're, yeah. You can't be in my life. That's the cutoff point. That's yeah. But then that same person will order avocado toast. I'm like, no, can't do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you're going to watch your fat, you got to watch your fat in all sorts of ways. Does that, is anyone, anybody agree with me on this or am I just a, a mad lunatic? No, no, no. You got to put butter on like your fucking pasty skinned out in the sun. Like you're putting sunscreen on. It's got to be like slathered all over that thing. I don't, I, I, it has to be, I don't want my butter to be <laughs> invisible. It can't just be like a thin veneer. You know what I mean? It's got to be its own layer of stuff. You should have a texture. But also there. there's a lot to the butter. Like you can't just put cold butter on it because you're just going to rip up your toast. Like honestly, just I, I think we got to do a whole video series on how to fucking butter your goddamn bread. It's just real. We, we've come to a point in, <laughs> okay. in this world that you need to learn how to butter your fucking bread. And I think that'd be helpful. Um, that, that'd be helpful to a lot of people. Go for it. I'm not it. saying that you can't, but you there's strategy. If you have a whole block of butter, you got to cut it into thinner. You can like cut it into chunks and that's, and you can shingle those things onto your, your bread, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like a good tartine loaf. And then you got to put salt on it. Mm -hmm. Never get unsalt, always get unsalted butter because you want to put this crunchy sea salt on top. Oh. It's one of the great joys. One of the great joys. Cause you, oh. listen, you can, you can shingle. If you get like that little block of, bu of butter, you just cut, yeah, thin, yeah, shavings, yeah, yeah, yeah. thin shavings. Yeah. Or, you know, the move, if you really want to piss everybody off, is just go from top. Just cut <laughs> off thin tops and shingle it. That's a pro move. Horizontally. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And the real pro move is if, if you heat it up, you know, heat up the, the knife so you can get, <sighs> if you if you can get that nice slice. Yeah. Just like how Chris made the, his father-in-law made the cutting board, uh, mm -hmm. the fixed cutting board, you just do that nice slice right off mm. and then you, you're going to have to then take your butter knife and then lift it, peel it off, and then layer it on like it's lardo. Mm -hmm. Okay? I am I am mm -hmm. having like a, like a moment of, of bliss just like hearing you talk about this. Like my mouth is literally fucking, watering. You're moaning, dude. You're oh, just I'm moaning just saying like there, there's a real art. There's just like… Uh, the craftsmanship involved in doing that. I'm like, oh, Fuck yeah, yes. man. When I go to B B Bavette by Judy, Jody Williams and Rita Sodi, they are the little French place. Like, you know, one of my favorite places in New York City is just getting their butter and bread because it's like… Oh, thank God. There's a place where you can just get proper buttered bread. Mm -hmm. um, you should not be able to see the toast underneath the butter. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You, know, you, you can't. It can't be translucent. It's got to be, I don't know the word where you can't see the light. Opaque? No, the opaque is not it. What's the word? You yeah. can't see light. Opaque. Is it opaque? Yeah, it's got to be opaque. You cannot see... It's got to be just thin enough where you can't see the toast underneath. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Cold butter is also important, right? It's got to be the right temperature because you want to have that temperature contrast and you want to have the bottom of your butter slowly start to melt underneath. But still being cold, ice cold on top, you get mm -hmm. that temperature contrast. It's amazing. And the fat starts to just fill in the, 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 the nooks and crannies. 
right underneath. Yeah. Look, yeah. I spent a lot of time oh. thinking about buttered bread, guys. This is fucking this is beautiful. real. Wow. I think that this I think that there is absolutely a six second rest period after you've laid the butter on for it to get to that melty bottom. And the, and the heating of top. the toast is important. Absolutely, Chris. Just like you're cooking fish or meat. You gotta let it rest. You gotta let it rest. <laughs> But like toasting your bread is fucking important because you got to get it just hot enough where it will get that action to melt the fat and to start to fill in the crevices of the toast. But if it's too much, it's going to distract from the actual butter and you're just going to get the the, the crunch. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. eating a pizza that's mm-hmm. all crust. It's like doesn't make any sense to me. Mm-hmm. So buttering bread is a real art form. It's not something you can get delivered. It's something that has to be done at a restaurant in my opinion, or at home. But this is the, it's the kind of butter consumption at home that you won't do because you're going to feel really bad about yourself. So mm. it's a treat. I think buttered bread is a real treat and we should give it the fucking respect it deserves. Wow. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you uh, one, one possibly sacrilegious thing I do when it's late at night and I'm maybe in a slightly altered state and in need of bread and butter, I will purposely cut an extra thick slice of bread, toast it because I know my butter is cold and I'm too disoriented to do the shingling. I'll just take, you know how you're talking about Dave, cold butter will just mutilate the top of your bread. Well, that's kind of fine to mutilate the top of your bread if there's more bread underneath it. And I just basically smash butter into it. And I just have a huge fucking chunk of bread that's studded oh, with man. butter throughout it. Because I can't I can't shingle when it's late and I can't worry about it. So I'll mutilate the top of the bread. I know it's sacrilegious, but it's the same effect, man. It all gets mushed up in your mouth. It's a life hack. Can I tell you a good hack that I did recently when I made my quadruple starch dinner last week? <laughs> Uh, so good. It was rice for Hugo, mashed potatoes in the any day for, for Grace and our friend, butter noodles for the table. And I had a loaf of sourdough that I'm trying to clean out my freezer because we're, we're leaving the house that we're renting. We're going to be gone for like a couple months. And I'm just trying to like get rid of everything. I mean, my mm-hmm. goal between now and middle of June is just to fucking get rid of everything possible, especially in the freezer. That's going to give me so much joy. And I've had this half a loaf of sourdough for months and I defrosted it and I wanted to get rid of all the extra cheese things. I had like half a block of cheddar cheese. I didn't have anything else because I made cacio e pepe earlier in the week. I didn't have any pecorino. I didn't have any parm. So I had half a chunk of uh, cheddar cheese. I had two baby bells. Mm. And then I had a little boarding, boarding, you know, the, the, the cheese spread thing. That's of so course. fucking good. Of Ooh. course. I had like basically a, a quarter of it wrapped in foil. And I had like six slices of bread. What was I going to do? I didn't have enough to make garlic butter. I didn't have enough to like do it properly and to give it like the wisp of uh, Parmesan on top and melting it, blah, blah, blah. I didn't have enough. So I made, I took out my Nutribullet. I popped in a whole stick of butter. I popped in six cloves of garlic. I popped in all the cheese. You made a little Welsh rare bit. Yeah. And then I put in some milk. You bastard. Put a little cornstarch, just a little cornstarch, just fucking raw. And you don't even have to use cornstarch. You just, that's it. I popped it in the microwave, right? I was so lazy that this is not what you're doing. I popped it in the microwave for like 10 seconds, the whole Nutribullet plastic. Because like, <laughs> I, I was just in a fugue state of trying to figure out how to do this. And I was like, mm, this is this is actually what makes microwaving bad. But I was like, 10 seconds, I'll deal with 
was like, I'll do it 10 seconds. Of like, no, I, I put it in there 10 seconds, just melted it just briefly enough. And I blitzed the whole thing. And I made a beautiful garlic bread slash Welsh rarebit thing. And I also, I added in some Worcestershire sauce into it. Oh. And I slathered it all on top, put it in the toaster oven. Amazing. Mm. Amazing because the butter got evenly distributed and it's now, it's like cheese paste, cheese butter mm. paste garlic on top. I think one of the best things I've ever made in my life. Oh my God. Hmm. It sounds brilliant. <laughs> and you know what made me happy? I was like, there's a way to still butter your bread. Maybe we should be making butter sauce to put on people's breads. Like mm. a Mornay sauce, but just butter. You know, it's just flour and butter and milk, but no cheese, just butter. Mm. And mm. you mount it and you make a sauce with milk and then you can... T- I actually think that would be fucking super delicious. I'm going to give it a shot. Okay. Mm. Okay. Does a that make sense? cheeseless butter sauce. You're making a roux. Yeah. You're adding milk, and then you're mounting in more butter into so it. <laughs> so it's a bechamel that you flavor with more butter instead of with cheese. That's pretty fucking interesting. Huh. Yeah, huh. yeah. And then and then and then we'll see what happens. I think it'll be delicious regardless. Uh, but that's a lot of work because you know what you could just do: take a hot knife and shingle your fucking butter on your bread. <laughs> um. um all one right. more? Two, yeah, more. Two more. Two more. All right. Two more. Oh, I've, got, okay, I've got one more. What do you guys want to hear? You want to hear another love crap chili story? No, or no, want- no. We already went deep, deep in the poo. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Hello, Dave, Chris, and Isaac. I'm a longtime listener and founder of the F- Fellowship of the Ying. Oh, I'm yeah. <laughs> I'm happily, I'm happily married, and my admiration for Chris is very well-regulated and mostly appropriate. <laughs> my husband is even a member of the group. I promise you don't need a restraining order. That said, on the rare nights when I have the house to myself, I turn into a disgusting food gremlin. All day, I'll be thinking about what I'm going to eat and what I'll watch on TV while eating. I savor every moment of the time where I can be my authentic, repulsive self that I hide from my husband. One of the things I would never eat in front of my husband is Applebee's. I know it's an abomination, but I ordered the crispy chicken, quote unquote, oriental salad with an extra side of, quote unquote, oriental dressing. I should mention that my husband is Korean, but I would be embarrassed to order that in front of anyone. Of course, I order it from a third party delivery company and have them leave it at the door so no other human will see my shame. Applebee's, please change the name, but don't change anything else about it. The salad is about is probably 2,000 calories and gives me that perfect mix of pleasure and self-hatred. After I'm finished, I make sure to take the packaging out into the garbage bin in the garbage and push it all the way down. Why would I send one of my most shameful secrets to a podcast run by some of my favorite people, you might ask? Well, your stories and candor have given me courage, and for that, I thank you. Uh, but if you mention this on the podcast, please don't use my name. Um, Isaac, I think this was a, a, a clarion call for like some kind of swinging thing for Chris <laughs> and his wife. <laughs> uh, oriental dressing was a code. Yeah. I mean, there's something about Chris's swinging nature that I just don't know. Do you know? I mean, I know it's got a lot of code words yeah. right in the open. I might need to, I might need to see it on the page because like the first letter of, of every every yeah. line or whatever yeah, might like, spell it's out an something. Acrostic. Yeah, yeah. That was an awfully long letter. Yeah. A lot of capital mm. words. Mm. Oh, mm. Let me okay. Let me let me paraphrase. Tea party, here. huh? Way to go, Chris. <laughs> Much has been said about the Oriental salad. 
and its terrible nature. Um, the Chinese chicken salad invented by Cecilia Chang, though, where are you on the sort of like Asian salad, Dave? If I eat an Oriental salad, I have to eat it on a rug. That then it makes sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's what makes it Oriental is that you're yeah. on the Oriental rug. Yeah. Yeah. I got to eat it an uh, Oriental salad on an Oriental rug. <laughs> no, I, yeah. I, listen, it's delicious. Shout out to the late Cecilia Chang. Uh, I love that salad. It's delicious. All varieties of it. It's got the the chow mein noodles. It's <laughs> <Yeah>. got mandarin. <laughs> even the, lo- the the crappiest shitties version with the canned mandarin oranges. Yeah. Iceberg crisp iceberg lettuce. Shout out iceberg lettuce. Hallelujah. And that orange dressing. Yeah, but like what also makes like sometimes it's that dressing and sometimes what makes it oriental is that they put sesame oil in it. Like yeah. That's the predominant yeah. flavor. So, I mean, it's delicious and what a fucking horrible oh, speaking name. Of, so, I mean, th- this is crazy. Speaking of orgies and poo, it just reminded me <laughs> no, of the great... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. just reminded me of the great what? store, great director Ang Lee's movie, Ice Storm, the uh, Ice Storm, uh-huh, mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. Tobey Maguire talks about poo, smelling poo. If you fart, you're basically eating, inhaling poo particles. And there was literally a, a key party. Yeah. Or she, yeah. Uh, Chris Yang's favorite movie of all time. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it's just like it's just like watching a home movie. It's, it's just my whole life, right there, guys. Um, all, right, all right, one last one. Let's see here. By the way, about the nomenclature of calling anything an Asian dish or or like a quote unquote Oriental dish, like. I find it a little. It's I don't. It's not repulsive or disgusting. I, it's just like weird when you call something like a Korean dish just because you include gochujang in it, which is what most things that are called a Korean dish are. Oh, I have a Korean cabbage something something, and it's like oh, you just put gochujang on a Western dish, and you're calling it Korean now. Maybe do more. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. No, here here. Uh, you guys want to talk about garlic, or do you want to talk about? Um Food sadness where you run out of things to cook. Do garlic. Vincent Wong writes in, Hi Dave, love your podcast. I have a passion for cooking and one philosophy I have is trying to use the freshest ingredients I can. With that being said, I use garlic all the time, but the effort of peeling is long and excruciating. I resorted to buying a bag of peeled garlic from Costco or other supermarkets. What is your take on this? Using fresh garlic or ready peeled garlic? Would love to hear your thoughts. I mean, at home, why would you ever buy real garlic? <laughs> <laughs> not the not the answer I thought I was gonna get. I mean, you know, I hate having peeled hundreds of thousands of pounds of garlic in my life. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I never want to do at home? Peel garlic. Yeah, I'll garlic. tell you right now, there is garlic in my refrigerator drawer, and it's been there for like eight months. I'm because I know I'm never going to use it, and I've already gone through like four different. <laughs> Huge batches of, of, of garlic peeled. And it's the kind of stuff where like, I don't give a shit if it's organic or not anymore. I'm just like, what's most important to me is it is it peeled. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, they're machines and I don't need to look at some, you know what's, remember when the beginning of pandemic happened or even before that, you had all these TikTok videos and Instagram videos about garlic cleaning hacks. You know what the best hack of all is? <laughs> like some fucking, fucking peel. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, leave it to the professionals. Again. The day I allowed myself to buy my first bag of peeled garlic was the first day I was really fucking free as a human being. 
That's what I feel. <laughs> oh, God. That was the old is, was, And I don't, oh, this makes me so mad. I, I could just hear the commenters or the foodie police being like, but it's so much better. <laughs> and it's, it's you know you got that this voice again. acid and 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 it just and, and, and you just you just you've been disrespectful to the dish and <laughs> is, is there okay 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 <laughs> that voice is insane and and it's like it's like seventy five percent not as delicious I was like you know fine I'll take if it's if it's seventy five percent worse and I still don't have to peel it I'm fucking buying it yeah you know okay. what it means oh it doesn't have enough garlic flavor. I'll just use more. <laughs> <laughs> no, it has a bit of garlic flavor. What? A- <laughs> if if someone on the internet actually speaks like that, please send us a voicemail so we can hear your, no, your voice. I don't, I don't. I can't hear it. What? Uh, <laughs> is there any validity to that, Dave? Is it? Do you think it's seventy five percent as delicious? As I said, who fucking cares? <laughs> no, I don't care. It could be so much worse in terms of flavor. You know what I'm not going to ever do at home? Peel fucking garlic. Never Amen. going to happen. Ever, 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 ever. If I have to peel garlic from scratch at home, you know what happens? Most of my dishes don't have enough garlic in them. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. not going to ever do this ever again at home. Mm-hmm. I mean... We live in 2021. We should not have to peel our garlic. That's a choice that I make. And if it's less delicious, fine. I don't give a fuck. Like, yeah, it's one of the great joys in life that I could just take it out of a container and it's already peeled. You know, it's like, I understand. There's certain things that you need to be fresh, like black pepper. Yes. But like garlic is something that is just so minuscule for me in terms of the difference. If it's If it's not as good or it's, Fresh, guess what garlic is? It's already dried, assholes. Mm-hmm. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's already dried. Wait, wait, we have to say, you have to, uh, we got to pause on that because it's true, right? Like the, the question asker who, who has seen the light and buys ready peeled garlic says like, I like to use the freshest ingredients. All garlic that you buy has been dried. It's not fresh. So yeah, there you go. I, uh, again, the same people that are angry and up in arms, you know, it's a different bucket. It's definitely not the instant pot bucket zealot terrorists. It's a different bucket altogether. It's the bucket of people that are like, um, I don't even know. What, what, how would we type, how would we stereotype this group of people that's like, you can't buy peel garlic? I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, I mean, I'm going to get shit on by Isaac for this, but like, actually, I'm not. I know which side of this Isaac is on. It's people who are like, you have to buy the vinyl. You can't, mm, you can't yes. listen to it any other way. Yeah, those idiots. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Those dumbasses who don't know how, how sound fidelity works. You need to buy the vinyl. Otherwise, you don't know what the artist truly intended. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. You make coffee without using a gem scale? Yeah, 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 yeah. Those people, too. Yeah. I think the vinyl, the vinyl holics, the vinyl files are the prime yeah, example. Just buy your fucking garlic. Be free. He doesn't check his temperature when he makes his coffee. <laughs> um i uh i apologize to everybody whose question we didn't get to man our listeners are 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 wild and they send us so many poop confessions oh my god he put sugar in his coffee (laughs) (laughs) so many so many amazing confessions and stories we're getting here and so many five-star reviews we can't shout out everybody but Mm. christy's basket five stars to Corey's car care 
in Vancouver, Washington, your husband's shop. Thank you for giving us the five stars. I'll throw that one out there. I love, I love anybody who's asking us to give five stars to their, their business. This is a wonderful uh, thing, but man, Dave, there are so, so, so many, and we'll try to do these more often, but there have been an incredible number of, of people writing in with, with, uh, all manner of American cheese is not cheese at all. <laughs> nobody, nobody, it's an abomination. Re- <laughs> <laughs> Those are the same people. The fucking people that hate American cheese is just come on, man. Uh, Can't do it anymore. Um, all right, I ironically have to use the bathroom. Can you wrap us up and get us the fuck out of here so I can go? Can you bring the microphone into the bathroom so we see what happens? <laughs> Uh, please don't please don't all right guys give us five stars on our ipad page what did i say the ipad say? page go eat some american cheese and 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 if you're feeling industrious go go open yourself a nice virgin bag of peeled garlic mm. It's going to feel so good. It's going to feel good. Trust me. Amen. Amen. Bye.